innovative, often duplicated. When enough people get on the trend, I elevate it. Make it way harder for them to follow what I take. It hard to swallow like a lozenger lodged in your trachea. Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up. So just take your stuff, rake it up, and take the bus. Never fake the funk, you painted skunks. You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space, so the weight is up. Fight. center of the known world. This is the Cage Side Concussion Cast, your source for the fighting arts in the Carolinas and beyond. I'm Jeff Shaw, and we have a packed show for you today, as well as a few things that we haven't tried before, which should be fun. We will hear from my main dude, Trevor Hayes, in a moment. If you can't tell, we're pre-recording the show since I'm out of town this weekend. Rest assured, though, we will, as always, be coming to you live on 104.7 WHUP-FM and streaming live at whoopfm.org. You can find the show on demand on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever fine podcatcher you use. We're going to showcase a few upcoming events in the news segment. Then we're going to announce some matches for our live event May 1st, which is called the Concussion Cast Carnival. It's going to be a blast. I hope you all show up. And we're going to tell you the first set of results from our bracket contest, March Martial Arts Movie Madness, which is the first time we've done a contest like this, and we're having a lot of fun with it. We'll also get down to the final four of that contest on today's show, and over the next two weeks, you folks are going to get to vote on what you think the best martial arts movie of all time is and have a chance to win some fabulous concussion cast prizes. For our featured interview, we're doing something a little bit different today. It's about some young people with a bit of a connection to the North Carolina jiu-jitsu community who are trying to do something positive, and it's something that I want to support. Uh, Quick spoiler alert, the story itself isn't actually about the martial arts. Or is it? We'll get to all that later, but as always, we're going to start by summarizing some martial arts news and upcoming events. So if we missed anything, please let us know. We're on Twitter and Instagram at CagesideWHUP. You can also get at us with the CagesideWhoop hashtag. Via email, we're cagesidewhup at gmail.com, and our Facebook page is Cageside Radio. We always post just about everything we talk about on the Facebook page, as well as the Twitter account, so be sure and check those out if you don't subscribe already. All of this information is also on our show page at whoopfm.org, and if you miss us, you can always catch the replay at whoopfm.org and on demand at the aforementioned iTunes, Stitcher, etc. So without further ado, let's get to the news. This is Trevor Hayes, and you are listening to the Cage Side Concussion Cast on 104.7 WAP FM from Hillsboro, North Carolina. So this show is going to air on March 13th, and ordinarily we would be talking about U.S. Grappling's submission-only Virginia Beach Tournament, which took place on March 12th. But as we mentioned, I'm pre-recording the show on Wednesday, so I don't know the results. Please watch the Facebook page, which again is Cageside Radio, over the next couple of days. We're going to be reporting on that. We'll post all the results, whatever photographs we can get. Uh, Some friends of the show are going to be there competing, as well as taking pictures and talking to people. So we'll be sure to get the team results and the individual results up online as soon as we can, and hopefully some of you folks listening competed at that. A couple of other things that are coming up. Andrew Smith, who's an excellent black belt uh, from Revolution BJJ and one of our earliest concussion cast guests, is going to be in town in Durham on April 3rd teaching a seminar on the deep half guard at uh, Triangle Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, That's where I train. My coach, Seth Champ, invited Andrew down. Andrew's been doing a seminar tour, and his seminars are always well-received. So if you do jiu-jitsu, you should definitely get out to that. The deep half guard is a really popular sport position, and Andrew does it really well. So definitely show up and learn some stuff from him. Looking a little bit further out, on the seminar track, there are a couple of seminars in May that you're going to be interested in. First of all, Hannette Stack, who is one of the most accomplished grapplers in the world, is going to teach a seminar at Richmond BJJ and Self-Defense Academy. That's Eric Burdo and Liz Susson's school. Uh, Hannette will be teaching on Saturday, May 14th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Now, Hannette has uh, won eight world titles in the Gi, won the, won the Nogi Worlds, won ADCC three times. Uh, so she's an incredibly accomplished competitor, but is also a really uh, – really good teacher who is always a well-reviewed instructor and so she's going to teach a seminar saturday may 14th up in richmond there's also word that the legendary hicks and gracie is going to be teaching a seminar at pedro sour headquarters that weekend i don't have the details yet but believe me i have messages in to all my relevant pedro sour friends please hold me a spot guys because i've trained with hickson one time and uh the guy's unbelievable he's a legend for a reason and a lot of people consider him the best of all time uh, for very good reasons so if you're if you do jiu-jitsu on the east coast you don't have any excuse not to go to a seminar that 
that weekend between eight-time world champion in the Gi Hennet Stack and the legendary Hicks and Gracie. Other than seminars, there's one other thing coming up that I really want to talk to you about, and it's going to be, and we're going to actually devote a whole mini segment to it. So the Concussion Cast Carnival, folks, it's, I'm really excited about this, and I desperately want to see everyone listening there. This is going to be a really fun event uh, that we're going to use to raise funds uh, to help Cageside MMA expand into a new location. Uh, the folks at Cageside do a lot for the community, and they support the show, and so we want to support them. And so uh, the event itself is going to happen May 1st in Durham Central Park, which is where they have the Durham Farmer's Market. So if you, if you haven't been down there, it's a really nice spot. May, the weather's always really good. We're going to have an outdoor event, and it's going to feature, yes, a lot of martial arts stuff, but a lot of stuff that's just of general interest. So I'm going to go over a few of the things that we're going to do at the carnival, basically, and then I'm going to announce what a lot of you have been waiting for, which is some of the super fight matchups that, we're, that we've set up. So a few of the things that everybody's going to be interested in. There's going to be food trucks. We're going to have the Delicious food truck, which is a really popular food truck. They have a lot of vegetarian and vegan items, which obviously is interesting to me. But a lot of folks uh, who eat meat also like their, their fare as well. Will and Pops, the grilled cheese truck, is also going to be there. So please, please, please show up and, and have you some delicious food from them. Uh, Triangle Beans and Bowls, who a lot of you know, uh, are going to be serving acai bowls and cold-pressed coffee, which are always two popular items. Thanks to Bryce Mahoney for agreeing to be there. So come on out, enjoy an outdoor event, and eat some great food. You might ask, why are you calling it the Concussion Cast Carnival? Well, we're calling it that because we're going to have carnival games, one of which is going to be a dunk tank. Both Trevor and I are going to sit in the dunk tank. Intern Chris is going to sit in the dunk tank. We're going to have the opportunity for you uh, to buy balls for the dunk tank and throw them at not at people that you choose, but at in an attempt to dunk people you choose. Be that me, Trevor, intern Chris. Maybe your jujitsu instructor will be there, and maybe you're not scared of him or her tapping you out afterward. Um, but you and your friends can utilize that dunk tank for some good times as well. We'll also have cornhole, which is always a popular game here in North Carolina in the summer. And we're going to be giving away some gear. We'll have concussion cast T-shirts. We'll have ghee patches. We'll have all manner of stuff um, that's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. So. I think the two may, or there will also be a live DJ, DJ Mini Love, who I train with. Uh, just a terrific DJ. I've heard him perform a couple times, and he has a great page on SoundCloud that you should check out. So he's going to be playing music through the event, and we're going to do actually a live podcast taping there. So if you're there, um, you can help us tape some live podcast segments. But I think the two biggest draws for people um, are going to be the Jiu-Jitsu Super Fights, which we will announce in a sec, and those super fights will take place in a cage. If you haven't seen jiu-jitsu in the cage before, it's really fun. I've, I've competed one time against, the, against Tim McNamara, who is on this card, which you'll see in a minute. That's foreshadowing. I've competed in the cage one time, and it's, really, it's, it's, it's a really cool competitive experience. It certainly adds an element, an element for me as a competitor. You know, it's, it's something that you have, to, you have to deal with that you normally don't when you're just competing on mats, and it's really interesting visually. Uh, for the viewer as well, even if you're experienced with jujitsu. So we're going to run down that card in a second. Uh, I'm not going to give you the whole card today, but we've announced some some really cool matches that I think you'll be excited um, you'll be excited to hear about. The other, other than the matches, they're going to we've booked two free seminars that um, I think that you'll want to check out. Like two black belts in jujitsu are going to teach some really excellent stuff. It's I always take take a, the chance to. To learn from black belts when I can, particularly good instructors like Daniel Frank from Revolution BJJ and my instructor Seth Champ. Now Daniel is known for his worm guard, which is a very modern sport-oriented guard using the gi. If you don't train jiu-jitsu, uh, the worm guard is a is a pretty innovative new guard where you wrap the opponent's, uh, you take the opponent's gi top and use it against them. And I would explain it, but you should show up to the Concussion Cast Carnival and listen to Daniel Frank explain it because he's way better at it than me. And this is going to be a free seminar, so big thanks to Daniel for teaching for an hour at the Concussion Cast Carnival. He's also going to have a match in the cage, which we're not going to announce today. We're not going to announce his opponent, just so we have something for next week as well. But he will be there teaching for free, and I really, really appreciate him doing that. And if you show up with your gi, you can learn from him as well, and you can appreciate that and express your appreciation in however, in whatever way you decide is most inappropriate. There's also another seminar, and this is something that even your friends that don't train martial arts I think will be interested in if they're women. So my instructor, Seth Champ, is big into self-defense, and we have two really outstanding women jiu-jitsu competitors that I train with, uh, Kim Rice, who recently who won the Worlds at Blue Belt and recently won the Abu Dhabi Trials um, in 
New York City and will be going to, uh, to Abu Dhabi on a free trip for that. And Shayla too, who a lot of you know, has one of the best blue belts in the area. And the three of them are going to be teaching a women's self-defense seminar for free. Now, obviously, Hoist Gracie Jiu-Jitsu and Gracie Jiu-Jitsu generally focuses on self-defense and the core techniques that really matter in terms of, uh, of protecting yourself in, in the world. And uh, so if you train Jiu-Jitsu, you know that and you know how important that stuff is. And so... So please show up and, and take the opportunity to learn some of that stuff from a Hoist Gracie Black Belt for free. But also, if you have a woman friend who has always wanted to try jiu-jitsu, who has always wanted to try the martial arts, and, you know, maybe just enjoys being outside on a sunny day, uh, eating food, uh, watching fun stuff, and uh, also wants to maybe learn some martial arts, it's a great opportunity to introduce jiu-jitsu to someone that you care about. So that'll happen at 1230. Uh, the entire event is going to take place from about 12 to 3, but the Women's Self-Defense Seminar will be at 1230. And again, thanks to Seth, Kim, and Shayla for agreeing uh, to, uh, to to teach at that. Um, I should mention, for the whole event, we're asking a $10 suggested donation, but we're not going to be checking that, checking tickets or anything like that. We're just asking people to show up, have a lot of fun, enjoy watching matches, enjoy participating in this, and hopefully we'll be moved uh, to donate uh, to support Cageside and try to help Cageside open into, into a new location. So, but, you know, I, if, if I were listening to this program, I'd be like, shut up, Jeff. Um, tell me what great matches I can watch, and boy, am I excited to talk to you about those. So we announced this before, but I'm really excited about what is now the main event, which is the first ever black belt women's match to happen in the state of North Carolina. And that features Samantha Fallhaber, who a lot of you know, who came down and taught a seminar at, at Triangle Jiu-Jitsu Goldsboro. Tremendously talented Gracie Humaicha black belt, excellent instructor. Sam will also be teaching while she's down here. And Sam's going to be competing, competing against Caitlin Huggins, who's a very good competitive black belt from uh, Divine Jiu-Jitsu in South Carolina. Now, these women were in the same division at the Miami Open, both ended up on the podium, and they didn't face each other. And so we really wanted to take the opportunity to, to make that match, and I'm super excited to see it. Both of them are very skilled, both of them are very technical, and I have no doubt this is going to be an excellent match. That It's also kind of, kind of a historic match, so, so show up and support that, please. Um, we're, get, we're working on a bunch of other matches, and so don't think that this is the full card. We have about 10 matches made, but knowing that a lot of these matches fall through, um, we're going to try to make a few more and just keep things in reserve. So some of those that we've announced, let's announce a couple of brown belt matches. Um, one of the brown belt matches is between two really regular competitors, Brad Acosta from TFTC Academy, who a lot of you have seen compete at U.S. grappling events, compete on the Toro Cup. And he's going to compete against John Shell. And John is one of the most active competitor, or active competitors in the area from Team Hubao Karaoke and Shell Shock BJJ. Um, John competes gi, he competes no gi, he's competed at Pro Jitsu, at Toro Cup, at uh, New Breed, at, uh, I see him at Nagas, uh, you know, U.S. grappling events. John, John's all over competing. And so both of these guys are really active. And, and both of these guys like, are really entertaining to watch. And so, you know, just as a fan of Jiu-Jitsu, I'm excited to see that. Another one I'm really excited about is to watch Josh Murdoch from Great Grappling, one of the legendary Murdoch brothers. I shouldn't use legendary, soon-to-be legendary Murdoch brothers, uh, against Wes Claytor from Gracie Raleigh. Now, some of you might have seen Wes competing against Kyle Trujillo at the, um, at the Toro Cup, Toro Cup 2, in a really great fast-paced match. Um, and Wes has recently been promoted to brown belt in the last six months, I think. And, you know, Josh, uh, of course, an active competitor, brown belt, really active with U.S. grappling, uh, sponsored by Toro BJJ, um, a really competitive guy, really fun guy to watch. Also, uh, you know, a victor at Toro Cup in, by, by Omo Plata, which was awesome to watch. And Josh just did a cool Omo Plata instructional video, if you want to check that out, that's floating around Facebook. So Josh and Wes are going to compete against each other, and that will be, I think, a really fun brown belt matchup to watch. Both of those guys m move a lot, and, y and so I think there will be a lot of really cool transitions to see in that match. Speaking of cool transitions, I really want to see this next match, uh, Sean McChesney from Revolution BJJ against Tom Colby from Team Rock. Now, many of you who've been to U.S. grappling tournaments know Sean. You know, Sean competes a lot. Sean's beaten me in a couple tournaments, and I'm going to get you one day, McChesney, you and your hobbit feet. Ooh, I'm going to get you. But, but Tom Colby gets his chance to compete against you first. Uh, and so if you haven't seen Tom Colby, uh, you, you're missing out. So I've only had the occasion to roll against Tom a couple of times, and Tom is, in addition to being a very cool guy, very athletic, but super skilled and super technical, and I think has some really, some great sport jujitsu that, that people are going to want to see, especially because, you know, I've rolled against Sean a fair bit, um, I think their styles match up in a way that's going to be very 
interesting and entertaining for the viewer. And so don't sleep on that match. Uh, you know, come out and check that out. And so I'm excited to check that out and hopefully you will be as well. Okay, folks. So we have a bunch of, we have several more matches in reserve that I'm not going to talk about today because they haven't been finalized or announced yet, but there's two more that I want to talk about. And the first is, uh, podcast favorites Dave Porter and Cody Malte, both of whom have been on the show and both of whom have competed a bunch, uh, are going to redo their Toro Cup 3 match, but not in the Gi. They competed in, in each other, against each other in the Gi at Toro Cup 3 back when Cody was still a brown belt. They both, you know, there's a lot of mutual respect between those two guys, and they really want to run that match back, no Gi, which I think is going to be a super exciting thing to watch. Now, now Dave Porter is known for his Darce choke, and we talk about that a lot, and Cody's known for his guillotine, but they had a cool footlock battle in the Gi, and I am interested to see where this match goes. You know, those guys are, both of them are good anywhere and dangerous anywhere, but I'll be really interested to see if a no Gi match turns into a bit of a leg lock battle. And regardless of what happens, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, except I, you know, I know it's going to be entertaining. I know I'm going to learn a lot watching those guys. And, you know, you couldn't ask for, for a couple of, of cooler and classier dudes to compete against each other. So thanks to you guys for competing. And the final one we're going to announce today, we just finalized this last week, is a, a couple of really regular competitors, mainstays of the competition scene, who compete around a lot. Uh, Marcel Fucci from Killer Bee Training Center in Jacksonville who's a very active no-gi competitor, against Tim McNamara, who primarily competes in the gi. And you know Tim. We've had Tim on the program. Um, you know, Tim's a, one of, one of the, the more cerebral, you know, jiu-jitsu, like really, really a deep thinker about martial arts. And I know Tim prefers the gi. But, you know, Tim has, you know, everybody's seen Marcel do his no-gi stuff. Uh, you know, has a really funky style, really, really interesting 10th planet moves. And uh, so although Tim doesn't compete no gi an awful lot, I know that he's very intrigued by the prospect of grappling against Marcel. And so I'll be very, I'm very excited to see that match. You know, I've rolled against both of those guys. Both of those guys are excellent. And both of them, again, active competitors. So really interested to see how that goes. Um, And, you know, we'll break these matches down a little bit more as we get closer to the actual carnival. And just because I didn't mention you, if you're out there looking for a match, I've talked to a bunch of people this week about finding them matches, and I have a few names that I'm still rolling around in the hopper we just, I, that I just haven't finalized enough to, to, um, uh, to announce yet. But believe me when I say this, um, if you show up to the Concussion Cast Carnival, you will see very, very entertaining jujitsu and I, you know, even if the card was just the matches that we announced today, I think it would be fantastic. And so hopefully you will show up and see all these folks do their thing. And I'm really excited to provide a stage and an opportunity for these folks to do their thing in front of hopefully a big crowd. And I'm really grateful to all of them for being willing to show up and compete to support the show and support Cage Side MMA. So show up for the seminars, show up for the matches, show up for the food trucks, show up for acai bowls and coffee. These are a few of my favorite things. Listen to music, have some fun, play some carnival games. May 1st, Durham Central Park. All the details are on our Facebook page. Competition drives me crazy. I hate it. And I hate it so much that it drives me to want to conquer it. It's the Cage Side Concussion Cast on WHUPFM.org. My favorite martial arts movie, I have to go with classic Jean-Claude Van Damme of uh, Bloodsport. It's pretty amazing. If I had to come up with one off the top of my head right now, it'd be Ongbok. Roadhouse. Favorite martial arts movie has to be First Strike, Jackie Chan. Just like the whole fight scene with the ladder that he has in there. It's pretty badass. Bloodsport, without a doubt. Let's go, true legend. Vision Quest. Wrestling, it is a fighting art, and it is the wrestling movie. Gotta be Bloodsport. Gotta be Bloodsport. It's a big mess. You got a true villain overcoming adversity and an uneven fighting surface. It doesn't get any better. So folks, let's talk March Martial Arts Movie Madness. 
Up until now, we've only had the theoretical aspect of it, but this week the results start to roll in. For those of you that haven't been listening along, we're trying to figure out what the greatest martial arts movie of all time is, according to our listenership. We started this on Facebook by asking people to submit their favorite martial arts movie. I also wandered around to a bunch of local gyms and took some audio of people talking about their favorite martial arts movie. And from that, we created a field of 32. We seeded those films into four different regions with seeds one through eight, and we started a bracket challenge. That's right, just like the college basketball March Madness. There are going to be several rounds, but um, for the last couple of rounds, fans are going to be able to vote. Now, we had people fill out brackets and submit them to us by March 12th, last Friday, um, or midnight on March 12th, uh, and we allowed folks to... So we had people submit brackets for free for a chance to win a bunch of really cool prizes, including concussion cast gear, shirts, gi patches, admission to the carnival, uh, free uh, dunk tank balls at the carnival, and a DVD copy of Bloodsport. And so the top three to five people are all going to win prizes, depending on how many people submit submitted brackets. And so if you filled out a bracket, this is your chance to sort of start figuring out where you stand in terms of the standings. So here's what's going to happen. Uh, let me let me bring you up to speed with what has happened so far in terms of the contest, then we'll talk about results, and finally, we'll turn to next steps. So, what's happened so far? So, we had a bunch of people fill out brackets, and how, you might ask, are we going to decide which movies win? Well, I selected a panel of five different judges from all around the country, a very diverse uh, listenership, all of whom are Concussion Cast fans, and I had them, unbeknownst to each other, vote on the movies. I tabulated the results and uh, decided who won based on how many votes each film got. And so that's how we're going to decide the first three rounds. So today, by the time we finish the end of this program, we will be down to the final four. So that's what's happened so far, and we'll break down the results for you in just a second. But I want to give you a sneak preview of what happens. So at the end of the podcast, when I announce the final four, we're going to have the equivalent to the semifinals. And over the next week, we're going to have you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Radio, and cast a vote for what you think should win in each of the final four matchups. Remember, this is going to have implications. So if you have a bracket in play for winning prizes, definitely... uh, Go vote and definitely help your friends vote. After this week, we're going to call a halt to the voting for the semifinals, and we'll have two finalists for Best Martial Arts Movie, the winner of the March Martial Arts Movie Madness Bracket. Next week, that's the week uh, of the 20th, we're going to have you vote again for the winner of the finals. And we'll announce the winner on our March 27th show and our grand prize winner uh, that's going to take home all the cool concussion cast gear. And, uh, and we'll, we'll, an- we'll announce that, and hopefully everybody has a good time with it. So, um, without further ado, uh, so that's where we've come to this far. And I sent around the brackets uh, to my five, panel of five judges, and many of them cursed my name, as you will hear, because, uh, let's be honest, in a field of 32 like this, there are very few soft spots. A lot of these are really great movies, and a bunch of people's favorites ended up being matched up against each other. And so, what we're going to do is, I'm going to break down how the brackets, what happened in the brackets in each round, how the voting went, and we're going to play some sounds from some of the judges and from some of the people who filled out brackets, and they're going to tell you what their hardest choices were, what choices were the most nerve-wracking and soul-crushing about the contest. So let's get to that. You are listening to the K-Side Concussion Cast. I am listening to the K-Side Concussion Cast. So if y'all are having a third as much fun with this contest as I am, then you're having a great time. What could be better than talking about some of the best martial arts movies of all time with your friends, arguing a little bit about who should win, about who should be seated where. It's been a great time. And I won't lie, a couple of these matchups when I was waiting for the votes to come in from some of the judges, I was a little nervous. There was one in particular that I'll talk about in the feet region. But let's get straight to the results. So 
In the hands region, which is the upper left-hand corner, you can follow along with this at bit.ly slash cccmovies. Make sure the M in movies is lowercase. Uh, Bitly gets a little weird about that. But in the hands region, the number one seed, Ongbok, the number two seed, Rocky, on the opposite sides of the bracket. The closest match in this region was Ip Man versus Supercop. Ip Man, the biopic of uh, one of Bruce Lee's masters of Wing Chun versus Supercop, one of the most popular Jackie Chan films, one of my favorite Jackie Chan films. Uh, well, at least it's top five. Supercop's actually the movie where Jackie Chan fell off the top of a hot air balloon, cracked his head on a rock, and had to have brain surgery. So this was a very close 3-2 victory for Supercop. Not a lot of other close matchups in this region. Hard-boiled beat Buddhist Fist 5-0. Rocky beat Under Siege 5-0, which surprised me a little bit that KC Ryback, the chef, played by Steven Seagal, didn't get a little more run, or at least people didn't vote for crazy Gary Busey. But Rocky beat Under Siege pretty easily. Hardball beat Buddhist Fist pretty easily. And Ong Bak beat Man of Tai Chi 4-1. That set up the following matches in the next round. So Ong Bak actually struggled to get by Supercop, which foreshad- could foreshadow some problems for Ong Bak in the later rounds, as Ong Bak only came on top 3-2. Hardboiled, a battle of two 5-0 winners in the first round, went up against Rocky. Now, Rocky is one of the best American films, period, and so it was no surprise to me that Rocky went uh, 1-5-0. And I will have to, one time on the podcast, talk about my Rocky theory, which is basically how the first Rocky film is everything good about American storytelling. Uh, that sets up Ongbok versus Rocky for a matchup in the Final Four, and we'll talk about who won that at the end of the show. So that brings us to the feet region. The feet region with the number one overall seed, Bloodsport. Uh, set opposite the number two seed, another Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Kickboxer. I like parallel structure, what can I say? So Bloodsport unsurprisingly destroyed the perfect weapon 5-0. Only the Strong versus Revenge of the Ninja was another matchup in this bracket. Revenge of the Ninja, the only ninja film, beat only the Strong, the only capoeira film in the bracket uh, by a 4-1 to one score. So in a matchup that I took a lot of grief for, and you'll hear from some of the judges, the Karate Kid, the classic Okinawan-style karate movie featuring Daniel-san, the Cobra Kai, went up against Kung Fu Hustle, a very popular uh, comedic kung fu movie. And I'm happy to say the iconic Karate Kid came through 4-1, but uh, one very upset judge. Um, So... The unsurprisingly, Kickboxer beat Dragon easily 5-0, setting up a couple of, of cool second-round matchups between Bloodsport and Revenge of the Ninja, which Bloodsport took, took easily, uh, the number one overall seed cruising there. And this next matchup, Karate Kid against Kickboxer, I'm not going to lie, the score was 2-2, and I was waiting for the, th- the, uh, the, uh, the fifth judge to come in. And as, a, as somebody who used to live in Okinawa and trained Okinawan-style karate, when the final deciding vote giving Karate Kid a 3-2 win over Kickboxer came in, I actually had a bit of an adrenaline dump, and I shouted for joy. That sets up Bloodsport against Karate Kid, a really interesting matchup. Karate Kid clearly the underdog, but that will happen for a spot in the final four, and we'll tell you the result of that at the end of the podcast. Going over to the heart region, which is the bottom right-hand corner of the bracket, this was the source of the most controversy. And you're, I encourage you to listen to some of the voicemails from the judges, which we're gonna, which we're gonna play a- a- after this segment, uh, because pr- I got a lot of grief for the Warriors as an eight seed. The committee took a lot of heat for that, and so people were not people were not pleased with the sort of iconic street fighting movie going up against Vision Quest the wrestling movie and we'll still talk about how that went in a second also in this bracket big trouble in little china with a sixth seed a very popular very popular uh, campy film. Drunken Master 2, my own personal favorite martial arts movie, was the two seed opposite the number one seed Vision Quest. Uh, I tried to underseed my favorites just to avoid the appearance of impropriety. So the best, closest match in this region was uh, Jet Li's Hero going up against Jackie Chan's Rumble in the Bronx. And Rumble in the Bronx came through there very strongly. People really liked that film. I was kind of surprised that it, you know, that, that uh, it performed a little bit stronger than Supercop. Um, Drunken Master, unexpectedly, or expectedly, beat the man from nowhere 5 nothing, And Big Trouble in Little China came through over Brazilian Brawl, the Machado jiu-jitsu vehicle starring the Machado brothers, 5-0. 
which brings us to the biggest upset in the bracket. That's right. The vi- that's right. The Warriors topped Vision Quest three votes to two. So huge upset. An eight seed over a one seed. A lot of people think that Vision Quest uh, was uh, you know, deserved a little bit better than facing the Warriors in the first round. So sorry about that, guys. There's always next year, and uh, you'll hear from uh, some you're, you'll hear some voicemails ripping me for that in a second, which is no more than I deserve. The second round in this bracket, the Warriors came up against Rumble in the Bronx, and I thought after the Warriors took out Vision Quest, this would be a much closer match than it was, but Rumble in the Bronx came through by a 4-1 to one tally. Rumble in the... I mean, I guess nobody can front on having a hovercraft-based fight scene, which uh, which I can't really argue with. Uh, Drunken Master 2 against Big Trouble in Little China. We uh, Big Trouble in Little China has a very strong cult following, but Drunken Master 2 is probably the best Jackie Chan movie, and so Drunken Master 2 beats Big Trouble in Little China 4-1, to one, setting up a matchup between two Jackie Chan movies, Drunken Master 2 and Rumble in the Bronx for a spot in the Final Four. Who wins? You'll find out on the uh, at the end of the podcast. Last but not least, least but not last, Enter the Dragon, number one seed, opposite Roadhouse, a number two seed in the head region. This featured a really close match between the Master Killer, which is also known as uh, 36 Chambers of Shaolin, and Once Upon a Time in China, perhaps the, the best of Jet Li's films. Once Upon a Time in China came through that by a three to two vote, one of the really close matchups in the first round. No real surprises here. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, actually, in a mild surprise, beat Lone Wolf McQuaid, the only Chuck Norris vehicle, 4-1 to come through to the second round. Uh, Roadhouse beat up Tai Chi Master 5-0 and entered the Dragon, a 5-0 win over The Last Dragon. The Last Dragon was another thing that people thought shouldn't have been an 8 seed, but, you know, like I said, there's always next year. In the second round, Once Upon a Time in China got crushed by Ender the Dragon 5-0, and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon faced off against Roadhouse. And uh, this was closer than I thought it would be. It's kind of apples to or- apples and oranges, because you get this beautiful wire kung fu with a love story versus uh, pain don't hurt, and uh, you got to be nice until it's time not to be nice. And Roadhouse, it was time to not be nice, because Roadhouse each had a 3-2 victory, setting up the Elite Eight matchup with Ender the Dragon. Ender the Dragon against Roadhouse. I mean, I'm glad I didn't have to vote on this. How did they vote on this? Well, you'll find out at the end of the podcast. Hey, Jeff and Trevor, this is Nathan Hobbs. I'm calling from about as far away from the center of the known world as as you get. That is Oklahoma. Um, Calling to explain some of my choices on the judging for the big bracket challenge. Man, I had a lot of fun doing this, and I think that this is just an excellent exercise. Also, I was just stunned with how many of these movies I'd actually seen, considering that I don't fight, I don't do jujitsu, I, I barely know what a barambolo is, but I still love hearing your guys' podcast. So, um, anyway, most of my most of my picks went with the seeds. There were a couple of very notable exceptions. Uh, the first one was the Warriors drastically underseeded at eight. I couldn't help pick it. I mean, Warriors come out and play. I mean, even old Dirty Bastard is gives them shout out. So I'm sorry, I had no choice with that. Um, also, a little bit of a, a handicap. Uh, Bloodsport, how is it going to lose? I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I picked it over Karate Kid to go into the Final Four, um, and, you know, I would have figured the Karate Kid would be a surefire Final Four pick, but it just couldn't happen. Uh, Bloodsport's too good. Besides, Karate Kid may have the bloom taken off the rose just a little bit by having that dreadful remake that that happened. Um the Enter the Dragon, I picked it over Roadhouse to go in the Final Four in the head region. Um, I, I, I called that my, my punch Jeff in the face for having this matchup too early. Another one of those where two incredibly classic movies. can't believe I had to pick those. Um, and then uh, the, the Warriors, like I said, I had to pick it over Vision Quest just because it's just a classic. Um, but when it comes down to my, my hardest single pick, my hardest single pick was when I got to the, the the finals of the Heart Region, I had Drunken Master 2 um, versus Rumble in the Bronx. They're my two favorite Jackie Chan movies. I love them. Um, you know, when it comes down to, to actually enjoying the movies, I, I might pick Rumble in the Bronx slightly more, but for whatever reason, my, my thought was that, you know, this is a martial arts challenge, and 
Um, and, and when it comes to the actual martial arts, Drunken Master 2 is just pretty much unparalleled. And, and Jackie Chan Oove, um, Rumble in the Bronx has those incredible set pieces. It's got the hovercraft. It's got the shopping cart battle. It's got, you know, the, the, the crazy street fights. I mean, it's just so great. But when it comes to the martial arts, and Drunken Master 2 cannot be topped. And it just starts off with a bang with that, with that um, fight at, at the railroad. And it just keeps going from there. So I had to pick it. It was super close. Love both those movies. Kind of hate having to ha- having to uh, pick between them. You know, it's like picking between your kids, which one you like best. Yeah, this is Steven Stetson, and I was calling to properly excoriate Jeff Shaw for his criminal underseating of the movie The Warriors in the martial arts movie Madness Bracket. As the former baseball blogger, Obsessed with the Seattle Mariners, Jeff Shaw deserves to be beaten to death by a gang of baseball furies for his absolutely ridiculous seeding of the Warriors as an eight seed? An eight seed. Come on, man. It's hard to take the bracket seriously when the seeding's so messed up. So it's my suggestion that all of the martial arts fans of all of these movies should storm the committee's office and exact some vengeance on the sort of inept seeding committee that's responsible for the atrocity of this bracket. But other than that, good bracket, and it was tough to make some decisions about which movies were the best, but uh, I'm happy with the results. I'm Trevor Hayes, and my Sophie's Choice for the Martial Arts Movie Madness came down between Vision Quest and The Warriors, uh, which ultimately gave out to Vision Quest, and then once again having Vision Quest up against Rumble in the Bronx, not to mention Having Big Trouble Little China up against Drunken Master 2, very, very gut-wrenching. Yeah, not not a proud proud person for my choices, but it had to be done. Hey, Cage Side Concussion Cast. Um, so, I think I should establish my credentials for why I'm qualified to be a judge for the March Martial Arts Movie Madness brackets at the con- Cage Side Concussion Cast. And it goes like this. I grew up in a tiny town in coastal North Carolina, Jacksonville, and uh, I spent every weekend watching martial arts movies and eating fried chicken with my best guy friend. So I have over the years seen thousands and thousands of hours of martial arts movies, but that's not uncommon, I'm guessing, for your listenership. So here is my special qualification. Because of this, I was featured in a book uh, that made the New York Times bestseller list called Being Wrong uh, by Katherine Schultz. And there's a story about my martial arts movies watching in that. Um, so that distinction leads me to this uh, little story, which is I feel strongly that I'm prepared to be wrong about it, that your listeners should vote for movies that have both heart and humor. Um, and the hardest decision for me as a judge in this bracket was actually in the second round. I feel like it's pretty obvious that blood sport in the feet region is going to trounce everything else. But I am hoping that uh, Kung Fu Hustle gives it a little bit of a run for its money. Kung Fu Hustle was a sixth seed, um, not a likely upset. But um, what I love about this movie is it is comedy. And I think martial arts movies are at their best when they are witty. And that's why I also voted for Drunken Master to win the whole thing and why I love Rumble in the Bronx. Um, I want comedy with my martial arts. I want a sense of humor and people who don't take themselves too seriously. So although Jean-Claude Van Damme won my heart as a teenager, Jackie Chan owns me forever. And the hardest matchup here, even though it's not a Jackie Chan movie, is, of course, Kung Fu Hustle, which is very every man and um, about how everybody should practice martial arts and how neighborhoods are improved by it. So here's my pitch. Don't let me ga- down. Don't let me down, Cage Side Concussion Cast listeners. Vote for laughs. Vote for all of the funniest movies in this bracket, and I think we should do this again next year. Thanks so much for asking me to judge. Hey, this is Nathan Hobbs again. I just wanted to say I, I was cut off right at the end there. Um, Drunken Master 2 had to pick it over 
over Rumble in the Bronx just because it is just the quintessential Jackie Chan martial arts movie. Um, it's going to be great to see how those how those final four picks uh, wash out because man, it's it's tough to pick against any of them. I mean, the, Enter the Dragon, just an amazing movie. Uh, Bloodsport, everyone's favorite bloody, punchy death movie with you know with with all of, with all of the right people. Um, it's just incredible. One final note. The Warriors, I mean, it's an eight seed. How could it have been an eight seed? I mean, beyond the fact that it's that it's a, a fun, great movie, it's also got the historical precedent. It's based on a, a good novel, and that novel itself is based on Anabasis by Xenophon, the story of the 10,000, you know, where the, 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 the Greek mercenaries, they got trapped by – um, by circumstance in, in the middle of the Persian Empire and had to fight their way back. I mean, it's just incredible. You've got like 2,500 years of history that comes down to, to this movie. And, you know, I'm sorry, Vision Quest. You're a great movie, but you're not the Warriors. All right, peace out, y'all. Look forward to hearing the next podcast. So here's the moment you've all been waiting for. Who do we have in the final four? Before we get there, I want to tell you this. For the next week, uh, starting today and starting and ending on Saturday, we're going to be voting on these two matchups. So show up to our Facebook page. There'll be a link uh, for, for voting. We're also going to post what brackets are in the lead. And so if you have a chance to win, be sure to encourage your friends to show up and vote, uh, You know, if only to represent for your favorite martial arts movie. But you can also help your friends win some free stuff, which, uh, which we'll get to in a second. Um, so the way that'll work is after this show is posted, we're going to post a link on our Facebook page. Um, you can go do the voting there. And, uh, when, and at the end of the week, we tally up the votes. And we have two movies that are going to end up in the finals and after that we'll announce that on the show next week on the 20th and for the week after that we're going to have another round of voting in the final matchup on march 27th we're going to announce the winner of the inaugural march martial arts movie madness and you know we'll uh, and for those of you that were upset this at the seating this year we'll we'll do better next year we always do So in the hands region, the Elite Eight matchup featured Ong Bak, the Thai warrior, Muay Thai, Muay Lao, just ask Trevor, against Rocky, the great American underdog story, a boxer. Uh, he wants to know he just wasn't another bum from the neighborhood. And Rocky comes through that matchup 4-1. So Ong Bak, the second number one seed to fall. Rocky, a slight upset, gets into the final four. And you know, Rocky's one of my favorite movies ever, so I can't say I'm displeased about that outcome. Uh, and so Rocky gets into the final four. In the feet region, Bloodsport, number one overall seed, goes up against Karate Kid. You know, I love a good underdog story as much as the next guy. And even I wasn't expecting the crane kick to be able to get through the muscles from Brussels. And it didn't. One person voted for Karate Kid. Thank you so much. And Bloodsport takes it 4-1. to one. So setting up a final or a semifinal matchup between Bloodsport and Rocky. And I don't know how that's going to go. On the other side of the bracket, Drunken Master 2 took off, took on Rumble in the Bronx. So basically, Jackie Chan was getting into the Final Four one way or another. So in a battle of a dude drinking grain alcohol to gain superpowers and a dude riding a hovercraft beating up other dudes, Drunken Master 2 takes it on a 5-0 count. I'm glad other people love this movie as much as I do. Um, and I'm even, I mean, it, it, it's rare that I will be sad at Rumble in the Bronx losing something, or happy at Rumble in the Bronx losing something, but I'm happy that Rumble in the Bronx uh, went down to the better Jackie Chan movie, Drunken Master 2. Finally, in the head region, Enter the Dragon went up against Roadhouse. Now, if you don't know this about me, uh, I am obsessed with the career of Patrick Swayze, so much so that I had a Patrick Swayze-themed costume party. And so Dalton from Roadhouse is an iconic figure. The mullet, the Tai Chi, the philosophy, pain don't hurt, everything is epic. And even I had to admit Enter the Dragon is a better movie. The judges gave Enter the Dragon a 5-0 victory for Enter the Dragon, getting it a spot in the final four against Drunken Master 2. I want to point out Enter the Dragon is the only movie that didn't lose a single point or a single vote in any of its matchups. Even the Mighty Bloodsport lost one vote to uh, Karate Kid. So Enter the Dragon looks like a really strong number one seed.
So once again, our two semifinal matchups, Rocky against Bloodsport, Enter the Dragon against Drunken Master 2. You're going to get the chance to vote for which of these movies is the better movie. So go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Radio. We'll post a link as soon as the show is up, and you can vote on the final four. And, you know, get yourself or your friends a chance to win fabulous concussion cast gear, great T-shirts, great uh, gi patches, some fun stuff for the carnival, and a DVD copy of Bloodsport. It's 1997. We We all watch DVDs still. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening. Thanks a lot for everybody who played along. We're having a lot of fun with this contest. We've got two more weeks to go, and I am excited to see who is going to be the first winner of March Martial Arts Movie Madness. Jiu-Jitsu is part of the solution. Jiu-Jitsu saves lives. It's the Cage Side Concussion Cast on WHUPFN.org. About a year ago, I got into a discussion about smiling with the great judo and jiu-jitsu practitioner Dave Camarillo. He tells his students that when they get stuck in a bad position, they should think about smiling. It relaxes you. Not really. There are studies about this. Plus, it might unnerve your opponent, I guess. So I force myself to smile during hard workouts where I'm about to keel over, or in jiu-jitsu when I get stuck under a guy who has suffocating top pressure. I was relieved to find out from Dave that I'm not the only person who does this. Let me be upfront with you. The story you're about to hear is kind of about smiling, but it really isn't about the martial arts. I did learn about it through the jiu-jitsu community, though, through a rising dental student at UNC Chapel Hill named Ali. My name is Ali Heyday. I am a fundraiser for the Egyptian Dental Relief Project. I am a rising dental student at UNC Chapel Hill. And I got involved with this project because I have previous experience with uh, dental relief trips overseas, and I wanted to help out with this uh, Egyptian Dental Relief Project. Ali's dad, Mozzie Hayderi, is the black belt instructor at Chapel Hill Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Mozzie has trained martial arts his entire life, including high-level Okinawan-style karate. That's how I found out about it, and that's how the story drifted my way. Mozzie's also one of the most well-respected instructors in the area. He teaches his students technique, but he also really emphasizes the Bushido Code, the Japanese way of the warrior, which includes these seven virtues that warriors are supposed to have. They're traits like benevolence, compassion, and courage. Another local instructor once described Mozzie to me as the closest thing we have to a samurai. But that doesn't mean it's easy to train under Mozzie, especially if you're his son. My dad uh, is the one that sparked my interest. Uh, I was in high school at the time, and I started jiu-jitsu, and I liked it, and I practiced for about a year. And then I got into high school wrestling, and I kind of did, I went back and forth between wrestling and jiu-jitsu. And I, when I got into college, I, I started to focus more on school and I lost my interest in jiu-jitsu. Do you miss it at all? Um, every now and then, I, I feel like my dad, you know, like he wants me to come back, uh, but um, I think it's more of his passion than mine. Back when I was in high school, if I would do anything wrong at home or anything, make my mom upset, he would get me in like a triangle or an arm bar or something and say like, oh, so what did you say to your mom? You know, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Actually, I remember one specific example. Um, I was in high school, and I, my mom told me I'd do the dishes before I went to work, or uh, empty the dishwasher before I went to work, and I didn't. And that happened to be a Thursday night, and I went to jiu-jitsu after work, and my dad, uh, during like the sparring session, like rolling at the end of class, um, he got me in a triangle, and he said, why didn't you do the dishes? And I, ha- I was so shocked because I had no idea that my mom told him. And I was just, uh, it was just, oh, my gosh, I remember that clearly. Ali's fiance, Radwa, who also goes by Ruby, is a dental student as well. They just got engaged. Congratulations. Radwa was born in Egypt, and she got an idea that would allow she and her fellow dental students to use their skills to help impoverished people there. We plan on going there and setting up a clinic from scratch in a really poor, underserved community that has never received any medical or dental attention. Um... And then we plan to also serve a local uh, special needs orphanage that has never been served by any other group, uh, either locally or internationally. So that will definitely be a great experience for the kids and also for us to be able to provide people the help that they need. When I went there to assess the clinic site, I was able to spend some time with the children that um, live in Menshaith Nasser. And it was very sad to see that um, some of the kids had all of their teeth eroded, either from... um, 
lack of brushing, not having toothbrushes or toothpaste, or not even being introduced to the idea of oral health or why it's important to maintain their teeth. Um, so those kids don't just need immediate dental care, they also need oral health education, which is one of the primary components of our project. No one does a project like this alone, so other dental students jumped in to help. Hello, I'm Navid Nassab. I'm also a dental student. Hi, my name is Mallory Cochran, and my role in the trip is supplies manager. Hi, my name is Lee Huang. Um, I am a second year in UNC Dental School. Every one of these students has their own reasons for participating in the project. For some of them, like Lee, it comes from their own personal story growing up. When growing up, I was in China for a bit, and I didn't have access to brushing or anything like that. But when I came to America, um, once I start going to school and everything, um, my parents started letting me go to the dentist. And I got to take care of my teeth more. And after that, that opened my eyes up to dentistry. For me personally, having that impact um, on myself, it'd be a great experience just to be able to give that to another child and to anyone else for that matter. Um, I think it's important for anyone to have uh, self-confidence and just to be able to talk to someone or to just not be embarrassed to hold a conversation or be able to just smile or anything like that. Thinking about Lee's story took me back to Dave Camarillo, to smiles. During my conversation with Dave, we talked about the research about the power of the smile. Studies show that smiling doesn't just indicate that you're happy. The psychological effect of smiling actually causes happiness. So how big and often you smile as a child indicates how fulfilling your marriage will be later in life. A study from Wayne State University even suggests that smiling predicts how long you live. And that's just the smile itself. Having healthy teeth and gums is pretty important too. According to dentists at Harvard University, Disease, teeth, and gums are a direct risk factor for heart disease, for arterial disease, and stroke. So imagine, what if you found yourself just not wanting to smile? Say, because you were in a special needs orphanage and you were losing all your teeth. So yeah, smiling is pretty important. This area um, is completely isolated from the rest of Cairo, so the area where we'll be providing service is called Mencheth Nasser, and it is located in Cairo, um, kind of like on the outer skirts, so... Um, it's kind of isolated from all the aid that is provided to the rest of Cairo. Um, it's very poor. Some people that live there don't even have access to clean drinking water. So it's an area in very desperate need. You guys can't tell, but most of our team here are, we have um, uh, Lee, Mallory, Naveed, Ali, and myself, and we're all from different places in the world. And I think it would be beneficial for all of us, uh, especially the rest of the team members, to go um, to Egypt, which is a country in the Middle East, to see what life is all about there. Considering the current times now with the media and negative stereotyping in the Middle East as a region, I think it is absolutely important for us to break out of that shell and see what the world is really about, not through a TV, but through our own eyes. Although the help we'll provide will be literally a drop in the bucket of what they need to have a good life, it will definitely have an impact, on, at least on an aspect of their lives, whether it's uh, dental health, oral health, or just putting a smile on their face for the day. This project they're doing isn't part of the dental school curriculum. The UNC Dental Program doesn't mandate this type of service or any kind of travel. Radwa, Ali, and the others are all raising the money from private donations to fund the trip. You would think that young people taking the initiative to start a project like this would be welcomed, and you'd, well, you'd be mostly right. What's been the biggest challenge in, in organizing this project? Um, I think setting up a project from scratch uh, is more difficult than I had expected. I kind of went into this thinking it was going to be a piece of cake and we're going to do good in the world and just set up a project and go from there. But I think the challenges is proving ourselves as a team and as a project to, you know, something that had not existed before with, you know, us with a lot of ambition and a lot of dreams and a lot of people that don't believe in us and having to prove them wrong. And I think that has been the biggest challenge is to prove people wrong with facts and with the urgency of need that is present in the community. And I think we have come a long way in doing that. And um, we have a great team. And that has definitely contributed to the fact that we're here now and we've gotten this far. This might explain why they're only a little more than halfway to their $15,000 fundraising goal. Some parents and even some people at UNC got a little nervous about the project. 
but every donation they get, even a dollar, goes a long way. Considering the difference in currency between Egyptian dollars and um, Egyptian pounds and U.S. dollars, uh, one dollar can even go a long way. Um, all the monetary donations will go towards um, either supplies for the clinic, um, getting instruments, dental materials, or gifts and oral hygiene products for the children. Each hygiene bag is 2 to $3, uh, which means only 2 or $3 can go a long way in making a child understand the impact of their oral hygiene. Um, talking about bigger donations, 100 or $500, um, I'm not sure if a lot of people know, but dental equipment and um, portable dental systems can definitely be very expensive, and um, these donations can help us towards having enough money to making the clinic a better place for being able to provide more care to the patients that come through the doors. So that's what this story is about. It's about helping orphans with special needs and poor people get their smiles back. It's about doing the hard work to break down barriers and make the world a better place. When I started writing this, I went back to thinking about those warrior virtues from the Bushido Code that Ali's dad, Mazi, teaches. Compassion, integrity, courage, respect, sincerity, duty, and honor. I think about those things, and I think about a group of young people from all over the world doing something they aren't required to do, taking personal risks to benefit other people that could really use the help, spreading understanding, making people stronger. Now that I think about it, maybe this story was about the martial arts after all. Fighting is, is wonderful, man. Fighting is, oh my God, it's, it's literally like a play. You can just be any character you want. It's the Cage Side Concussion Cast on WHUPFM.org. So my thanks to everybody at the UNC De Egyptian Dental Relief Project for taking the time to speak with me and for taking the time out of their own busy schedules to do some good in the world. So look, folks, if you, like me, want to support these people and what they're doing, um, you can go to EgyptianDentalRelief.org and donate some money. Even a couple of bucks makes a difference. $2 gets a dental kit that's going to enable uh, an indigent child, somebody in a special needs orphanage or elsewhere in Egypt, um, to have a smile again. And I think that's something that's really worth doing. And so to that end, um, if you're a listener and you want to make a donation, uh, send me an email at cagesidewhoop at gmail.com or post on Facebook that you're making a donation and I will match all those donations up to $250 personally. So um, my thanks to those people for doing all that they're doing in the world. Uh, my thanks uh, to all of y'all for listening. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed the show and we'll be back at you next week. So next week, if you're enjoying martial arts movie madness, uh, which I hope that you are, You'll be excited for next week's show because next week's show is themed after blood sport. And so we're going to do all our standard martial arts news, report on what's going on in jiu-jitsu, MMA, Muay Thai in North Carolina. But we're also going to interview two prominent people um, that I think that you'll be interested in hearing from. One of them, Melvin Pena, is a college professor who teaches a class on blood sport and has taught this class numerous times. And I think you'll be interested in hearing sort of how that how that goes about, how that came about, how he approaches it, and how you too can get college credit for learning about blood sport. Also, you may have heard there's a new blood sport reboot that's coming out. It's called Lady Blood Fight, and just like the name implies, it's a remake of blood sport involving all woman fighters. So I talked to Jenny Wu, who is an actress who's worked with Jackie Chan, who's worked on a lot of awesome movies, and who plays one of the lead roles in this movie. And she was gracious enough to speak with me about what it's like to be in Lady Blood Fight, about what it was like working with Jackie Chan, about her experience training martial arts for a movie, about how she feels about blood sport, and all of that fun stuff. And we're going to air that interview next week. So next week, tune in not just for all this news about North Carolina martial arts, and uh, in, in the Carolinas and beyond, but also tune in to hear some really cool stuff about blood sport and hear from somebody that's going to be in a movie uh, or who is in a movie that's going to come out very soon uh, uh, rebooting that classic franchise. So folks, that's our show for today. Uh, my thanks to everybody that spoke with me. My thanks to all of the people who filled out brackets for Martial Arts Movie Madness. I'd also like to thank my five judges. If you have problems with the results, blame me, not the judges. Please direct all hate mail to cagesidewhoop, cagesidewhup, at gmail.com. Please, folks, make plans to attend the Cage Side Concussion Cast Carnival on May 1st in Durham, North Carolina. It's going to be big fun. There's going to be tons of great matches, tons of free seminars, great food, good times, wonderful people. Uh, I would love to see you all there. If you come up there, uh, say hi and uh, and throw some and throw some balls to at, the, at me in the dunk tank. 
I'm Jeff Shaw for Trevor Hayes and everybody here at the Cage Side Concussion Cast. Thank you once again for listening. We're going to be back next week, March 20th, here on WHUPFM.org. Please check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and we're going to let Tune and the Real Law play us out.